Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast. I hope you guys have been able to get through your first couple weeks with no football. It's been a uh, it's, it's it's been touch and go there for a little bit. I'm attempting to cope, but um, <laughs> we're going to use this show as well as right now. We're kind of in, entering into the thick of the offseason to whereas we're going to know where free agents are going pretty soon. We're going to know who's going to get cut, who's going to get drafted to go where. So that's going to be our focus over the next several weeks. Again, it's me, your favorite fantasy football fiend, Zach. As always, I have my guy, holla at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy fiends, what's going on out there? And of course, your favorite rookie extraordinaire of mine, bro, Joe. Holla at the people, bro, Joe. What's going on, Fantasy Fiend family? Let's get it. All right, so we're going to go over your news. We're going to go over the wide receiver free agents that are going to be possibly making moves. Um, Some of them will probably stay right where they are, whether it be franchise or they work out a new deal. But we're going to go ahead and kick it off with your news. And now your fantasy news. It's starting to feel like several of these quarterbacks don't want to go to pretty much the only teams that's willing to break the bank for a quarterback. So it's going to be interesting to see who ends up landing where and who just ends up taking a job because it's one of the only jobs left. But it seems like Aaron Rodgers kind of has his mind made up what he wants to do. But he's just not sharing that information just yet with others. I'm not exactly sure where to take the speculation on this particular maneuver. It almost feels as if he wants to have his cake and eat it too. Um, He wants to put the team on hold, not letting them know what's going on. But by doing that, it's causing them to not be able to make certain moves that would make it more likely that they can afford to retain his services should he actually choose to stay in Green Bay. Which leads me to believe that, especially with his little letter to the team and letter to the fans, you know, that kind of felt like a goodbye letter, but just didn't say goodbye. Kind of feels like he's he's almost toying with the team at this point. It's going to be one of those, if I do stay, it'll be to just be able to point the finger back at you and say, see, I had control the whole time. I don't know. Aaron Rodgers is... He's a bit too much for me. I won't want him to be the quarterback on my team. In my, in my humble opinion, he's an underachiever. I mean, he kicks the crap out of that garbage division all year long. And then when you get to playoff time, other than that one time that the defense stood up, he just pretty much lets you down every time. And normally it's the offense that falters. So it's literally him being the letdown. A lot of it is a contract leverage. We're seeing where Kyler Murray, you know, he did the whole unfollow and all his uh, teammates in the organization. And, you know, it's been speculation that he wanted out of Arizona. But now we're seeing where he's he's okay with staying in Arizona if he can get an extension. So I like I think a lot of these players now are like showing out in order to for leverage in order to get that bigger contract. The same we see with Aaron Donald saying, "Hey, he may retire." Hell, Sean McVay uh, did it too. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I don't think he want to retire, but he do want to be the highest paid probably defensive player of all time, something of that nature. So it's kind of a, a leveraging tool, I think, and I think it's kind of the same with Aaron Rodgers right now. I do disagree saying he's over. Do you say he was overrated? I think he's overrated. He's an underachiever. That's, I disagree. That's I disagree with that. But um, well, that's other what, than that. lost the show in the postseason. I mean, yeah, he hasn't had the most success in the postseason, but he's a champion. Um, he's yeah. now a, a back-to-back uh, MVP. I wouldn't use an underachiever as a word I want to use to describe him. Underachiever in the postseason. Does that feel better? I mean, I put two like this. Out of the, all of the greats, Look at the the champions. Brady is is in a in a lane by himself. 
a lot of the other champions, they only have one or even two championships. I mean, Brett Favre has one. You have the Eli brothers that have two. So it's not mm-hmm. like they're way ahead of him or something like that. I mean, so. Well, I'm not looking at just championships. I'm looking at how many times this dude gets booted out in the first round against a team that he shouldn't have lost against. I just feel like with his talent, he should have something a little bit better than what he's been doing. I, I don't know. It's, maybe it's a personal bias, but yeah, I, I mean this particular year right here, this this loss they took this year, I didn't really blame him for. I know people look at the scoreboard and say they didn't score more points, but they uh, all look horrible. Yeah, but he didn't turn the ball over or anything like that. I mean, so I'm not gonna really, you know, just he blame also him. didn't score. You're Aaron Rodgers. But, yeah, but football is a team sport. It's not. I get like that. You give the ball to Michael Jordan, he didn't give you 30 tonight. It's not like right. That. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't score points. It's not on him to score all the points. I mean, just like Joe alluded any? to, just like Joe alluded to it, play calling, game situations, all these things matter. They they, they, could, they should they, they should have won that game. But I agree. To, but due to some of the play calling and, and time management, it didn't happen. One of the things that I saw in that game that I've seen from Aaron Rodgers over the years is it seems like if he feels he's going to lose the game, he's just going to make sure that his QBR is straight. So that way people can have the argument <laughs> that it wasn't his fault. Now, granted, he if you look at some of those, pa- I mean, he, he turned into, no, nah, that's, that's too disrespectful. He turned into the best version of Baker Mayfield um, ver- versus the worst version of Aaron Rodgers, which is better than the best version of Baker Mayfield. Field. That's kind of how I feel he looks in the postseason. That's neither here nor there. But at this point, his career, what, he's he's down to, what, maybe three, four years? If he's looking at possibly retiring now, or honestly, he might not even be looking at retiring now. He's just kind of trying to use that the same way as Sean McVay was trying to use possibly going to Amazon to get a pay raise. Who knows? Yeah, and I think that's all it is. It's either Richard or Fork. Either you're going to trade me or come July, I'm going to ask for close to $50 million. I'm going to let you choose. I'm not going to help you in between. Do you think that him, his number being around $50 million is a way of saying, I know you won't be able to afford me, but you can't say I didn't put it out there? Because that's what it feels like to me. How how, how are they going to afford to pay this dude $50 million when they're more than $50 million over the cap space? And unlike some of the other teams, they have a lot less wiggle room. Right. So I think those, like like I was alluding to before, they'll definitely get under the cap, but he's not going to help them in doing so. So you're going to have to get rid of most of your defensive starters and some of your premium players on that side of the ball. But in between that, I think his stance is, I'm not going to help you. I already told you, I don't want to be here. But if you want me to be here come June, I'm going to want my, my money. The only gonna... <laughs> issue with that is the fact that if you're not going to help me help you, once I do give you your $50 million, now your team is in shambles because I couldn't actually plan this thing out the way it would have most benefited all parties involved because you wanted to give me your ass to kiss. So now you're going to be complaining for the rest of your career about what you don't have when you could have helped yourself and the team but make I... sure we hold on to as many assets as possible. Oh, yeah, I agree. But I think it goes back to what his point been before. He hasn't had much, you know, influence in as far as, the, you know, up top to be able to say, hey, let me help recruit these guys. Let's bring in these guys. Hey, we got the draft come up. Give me a Justin Jefferson. He's never had that input. So it's like, damn, I have it anyway. And I've been dealing with this defense. So, so just hey, it's only one more year. Just but, but like you said, Zay, it's not like like we talked about prior, you know, and like on the phone and in, in the chats and stuff. It's like you said, he 2023. He's a friend. You know what? You, know? you would almost be better off if you're Aaron Rodgers. Just letting this last year play out versus gutting the team that you're going to and are most likely to retire from. Because here's the thing. If you go to another team and you still don't win when it matters the most, that then that really sticks to your – I mean, when right. you make the choice of where you want to go, so you, you pick the circumstance and all that other kind of good stuff, you can't complain anymore. Like, you can't say, well – the play caller, this or that. Well, you knew where you were going when you went there. You can't say the defense or my offensive pieces or this or that or aren't this or that because you knew what you were hopping into. So he's almost better off if he wants to maintain this, in my humble opinion, facade of being this, you know, greater than great quarterback. He's almost better off staying at Green Bay because he can continue to use and everyone else can continue to use the same excuses that we've been willing to thrust upon him thus far. I don't know. But in the same vein, we got Russell Wilson and Vander mentioned Kyler Murray. We got a couple of other quarterbacks that are kind of doing the same thing, just slightly a little bit more 
quietly, if you will. Russell Wilson put up his high school quarterback picture as his Twitter photo now, as his profile picture. So, you know, nowadays that's the first step. And I'm upset with my job when (laughs) if you're in the NFL, you just, you know, remove all of the team's uh, posts and whatnot. So today's prima donna slash i want to speak loudly but without saying much this passive aggressive type Mm -hmm. i just don't know how that all works out like if you want to be gone just be gone like this is the second year in a row with russell wilson that he has this oh no i'm a i'm a seahawk you know go seahawks but if i had to leave this is where i go like, just say you ready to be out, bro. Like, like I mean, I, it's like they're trying to play both sides of the fence. Other than Kyler Murray, he just straight up saying, look, I want my money. And if y'all not going <laughs> y'all not gonna give me my money, then go ahead and let me go. Like, like he's the only one that's actually putting it out. That there is no ambiguity to his stance on why he's going <laughs> okay. to Russell, I'm not exactly sure what, what his deal is. In, in Aaron Rodgers, I'm not exactly sure what his deal is either because he came out saying, I, I never said I wanted $50 million. Well, okay, well, what do you want? Can you say something, please, other than all this saying a whole lot of nothing? Bull crap. I think with Russ, the thing is this. I think he really would love to stay in Seattle. I think his heart is in Seattle. But at the same time, I think Russell want to have more of a control, the personnel and things of that nature, like a Tom Brady and different things like that. I don't think Russ feel like he has the say-so where he can say, hey, I want this guy. Go get this guy. I want this guy. Things yeah. of that. I think that's the thing that's missing from, from, from that aspect where I think he really want to be in Seattle, but he don't like that he doesn't have enough power you know, when it comes to personnel decisions. Do you think he can ever get that power as long as Pete Carroll's still the coach? Maybe not, but that's the thing. And I think he pretty much deserves it. Russ is a what? He's a champion. Right. Uh, sh- should have been a two-time, two-time champion. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So I think he he has played himself into that position where he's the leader and you give him, you know, the, the nod. Uh, you give him, you know, give him that right to pick some of the guys that he want to play with and things of that nature. So. so let me play devil's advocate right quick. Do you think Russell Wilson is better than Aaron Rodgers? Talent-wise? No. No. But Aaron Rodgers doesn't get to say so that Russell Wilson wants. So does he deserve it? Let's think about it now. Let's think about what Seattle was before him. True. I mean, this this isn't uh, like a winning franchise. I mean, you had Sean Alexander. You know, you had the Steve Largens. You had little players along the way. You know, Hasselbeck. You know, they had decent little teams. But this isn't a winning franchise. And this guy brought winning to the franchise. So, yeah, I think he deserves a little more respect. You know, at least Rodgers come from a winning tradition. Favre was yeah. winning before he got there. I mean, the Packers is known as one of the most winning franchises in the NFL, so it's a little different. But I also think, too, if Aaron Rodgers was under uh, any other GM in the NFL, he would have that say-so, my personal opinion. With Russ, I definitely agree to Vander's point that he does want that say-so, but it's mainly because he's been sacked 427 times. Like, this dude is forever getting fucking battered and bruised. I'm surprised he ain't turned out to be like a fucking car did from the Texans, how much he gets sacked and how much he's under duress the entire game. Like, it's sad to watch. It's not even sad. It's difficult to watch somebody run for their life and scramble the way he does on every given play and it's being and being as precise so i think it's it's warranted with him but it, it, like i saying this one of those little ticky tack little you know i can't say it because i'm a quarterback and I, I do all this stuff and i want to come off this way i think this is the perfect time from seattle to move on from him. we got a decent amount of cap space I think so too bro and we can recoup some picks because fucking jamal getting adams on our fucking team that was a horrible move by uh, Pete Carroll. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Trying to recreate, recreate the Legion of Boom, and it didn't. You can't have a whole Legion with one with you paying one player. That that just. Yeah, we gave him seventy two million dollars to do what? To just get hurt? Like you gave fuck? him quarterback money, basically. <laughs> but yeah, we. This is the perfect time to move on from Russ. It's not that I want to, but I feel like this is where it makes the most sense. Where we are salary cap wise and trying to change the culture of paying. The top five percent of our uh, our team. We always tie to these five to six people. We give them all this money, and then the rest of the team is garbage. This is the best time to say, "Hey, Russ, we love you. Goodbye. Let's take that forty some odd million. Take that collateral in the draft, the draft picks and stuff, and try to do something." Shit, we had Tavares, we had Matt Flynn, we had Whitehurst, we didn't had a pat oh, Tavares Jackson. We didn't had a nice little patch between Russell and Hasselbeck that I think we can go a little bit more. 
I don't want to, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I think Russell deserves it. He earned it. Same thing with Watson. Watson was left to die in, in Houston. And he went 4-12 and with MVP numbers the last year he was in the league. And I think they do deserve to do all this stuff. Murray, I don't know. I think if the Seattle loses Russell Wilson, they're going to return to the gulag. Um, <laughs> That we know them in the NFL, you know what I mean? Because Seattle, That's a tough division, bro. Yeah, not only that, but Seattle is not a destination that many players want to go to in free agency. That's true. And a lot of people was going there because of the winning. And, and don't get me wrong, Seattle's a beautiful city. Not sure if you ever visited. Beautiful city, one of the most beautiful cities I've ever been to. The thing is, it rains at like damn near yeah, every day. Time, you yeah. know what I mean? That's the like only Florida, thing about that Seattle. It just rains so much, but yeah, beautiful city. But this is not one of those destinations for players. You know, a lot of the talent has to be drafted and homegrown. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? So I think if you lose someone like a Russ, this is somebody that should retire a Seahawk. I don't think this is because this is a generational. When it comes to quarterbacks, I mean, you, these they don't grow on trees. He just mentioned the Flans, the, the, the Javaris, and Whitehurst, who they was pretty high on at one point, thought he was going to be something. You, you take your bumps and bruises trying to find that next person. So I think once you get that person in the building, you don't let them leave. Let me ask y'all this, because I'm kind of wrecking my brain right now to kind of figure out who does get the decision making powers that we're saying that Russ and Aaron Rodgers should get. Because Tom Brady left the Patriots because he had no say so. And really, the only say so that he had when he got to Tampa Bay was that Gronk was going to come along with him and Antonio Brown was going to come along with him. I don't really see too many quarterbacks and obviously Tom Brady is an outlier but I don't really see too many quarterbacks that have that you know whisper in the GM's ear and they get what they want type of a situation and and the one that I know of over recent years of, of those younger guys those younger quarterbacks kind of get what they want kind of backfired with Patrick Mahomes wanting Clyde Edwards Hilaire versus getting Jonathan Taylor or, or let's get Aaron Rodgers in the offseason wanting to bring in Cobb and then never throwing him the ball because he's not good anymore. It, it, it seems to me like more often than not, regardless of the level of talent of the quarterback, when you give them the quote unquote power to make these GM decisions, they don't really have that good of a track record. But not only that, I can't really think of too many quarterbacks that have had that decision-making power. I can't even like even the the some of the ones that just retired, like your uh, Drew Breeses of the world. I don't I don't remember him having that much input. Your guy that was with the Chargers forever in a day and then went to oh, Philip um, Rivers. Philip Rivers. I don't I don't remember these guys of this elk that had the same amount of time in and you know things of that nature. Kind of have access to the GM to be able to say, hey, go get this guy. No, so, but no, I mean I give you a couple of examples. Number one, you saying Tom Brady. I mean, just getting Gronk and A.B. says enough. I mean, you got a tight end that was retired, pretty much brought him back. You got a dysfunctional wide receiver that no one want, and you was able to convince the organization to bring him in. So that says a lot, number one. But then you also not have – it, Not if it's a part of my – the only way I'm coming to you is if you do this and you need me. But he was already there. Was he? Yeah, he was there before A.B. Oh, but but we don't we don't know what conversations were had is what I'm saying because ev everybody and their mama was already saying oh if Tom Brady go there no uh, it, was, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't uh in play yet because I mean there's a couple teams that was after him after AB kind of came back into the the light I mean mm -hmm. Seattle Russell Wilson was lobbying for him you know what I mean there's a couple guys that wanted him but I give you one better it's not just about bringing in guys. Look at Donovan McNabb getting Brian Westbrook paid. See you know what I'm saying? So a lot of times when it comes to contract negotiations, these are the guys that help. You know what I mean? So it's not all about just bringing people okay. in. Okay. You can so also get people paid. That Green Bay let go, that Aaron Rodgers wanted to stay. No, what I'm saying is you have these quarterbacks that have power within the organization. That's the reason why T.O. and McNabb don't get along to this day. It's because he feels like he didn't have his back when it's time for negotiations. McNabb said he don't get involved in negotiations. But he turned around and got Brian Westbrook paid. Was so that, that was under um, Andy Reid, right? So that's kind of a pattern I'm seeing. Andy, Andy Reid let his quarterbacks make decisions. Maybe so, that's a coach thing. So that's why, you know, T.O. was so upset. Like, yo, I thought you say you don't get any contract deals and you pretty much have this guy get paid. Why wasn't you backing me when it's time for me to get paid? So that's that's the real history, you know, the real thing with their beef. But I tell you what, the Pat Mahomes thing, I think it's good to let quarterbacks make decisions on players they want to bring in, not necessarily decisions on rookies, if that makes sense. So veterans. Um, 
Right. People I think that, that you've already seen that you right. that you don't have to be a talent evaluator right. to right. I got you. Okay. Because you don't have the time to put in to 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 watch this talent like you know, like Joe would know. These mm-hmm. rookies, you know, the all star game, these NFL quarterbacks is not paying attention to all these guys. Right. He just so, didn't do that one the championship that year. Right. He, <laughs> the, guy that, the guy that he's seen the more highlights on. You right. know what I'm saying? He probably seen more LSU games than he's seen Ohio State games. Right. Sometimes you just you can't reinvent the wheel. Sometimes it is what it is. You go with the higher ranked guy, the Heisman candidate guy. And that's what they miss out on. So but I think that's that's the thing also. So But I think so too. What comes into play is that certain people is either or. You got Matthew Stafford, you got Drew Brees, for example, who you alluded to, Peyton Manning, for example, who I just want the fucking money. Sorry to use profan. Well, no, we on a podcast. I don't got to excuse that. But they just want their money. On the other hand, Tom Brady, to me, I always thought Tom Brady had hands and ties to what came, to what came into that organization. Not to say like, oh, I want this player. Please do this for me. But if he had to say something, he would have that that say because he's always taken less to keep it, people but, but around. See, that's that's the thing. Though. That's, it didn't work out that way. He took less money, and they still didn't go out and get his number one wide receiver, which was the reason why he said I'd take less money because he wanted to make life easier for but himself. He's done it for years. And they and that right, you're he right. Did. And they he, never I, went I, out and got the receiver. But I thought he always did that to win. But when he came to Tampa, to Vander's point. He, you know, they rolled that. So I feel like it's either or. Either you want your money or you want say. And I don't feel like say is literally go get this guy. You have to get this guy. But being able to be in the same table to say whatever. You got, like you said, certain players, like for Tom Brady, people want to go to certain organizations because of the player. But ultimately, I'm quite sure if he has a say, I want Antonio Brown. I want Gronk. It does apply to other, you know, facets of people who's going to come into an organization because I'm taking less money respectfully with Russ, I don't, he's been sacked, for example, 427 times. We don't ever put an offensive line around him. I would want, if they fucking up this bad in the draft, I would want somebody to be able to say like, yo, can I get this old lineman? They got to do rank so-and-so-and-so. You know what's so, funny about that though, Joe? Mm-hmm. You never hear quarterbacks saying that even the ones that get sacked as much as they do, you never hear them saying, hey, go get this old lineman. It's, hey, go get this wide receiver. Like even with Russ, I've never heard Russ speak out and say I need a better O line, but I've heard him several times say, "Hey, go get this guy that can catch the ball." It, it's funny to me, like that. Mm-hmm. Even even when they understand what their downfall is, that's not what they shout from the rooftops to go get. So maybe that's another reason again why they don't really, you know, get to make those decisions. Yeah, but also to throw it out there, always go back to the twenty twenty draft. Mm-hmm. They got Jordan Love with T Higgins and Michael Pittman Jr. still on the board. I, I get that, but I, it's not I, like they haven't been averaging somewhere between 25 to 30 points a game. So would, would, would a Jefferson make anybody's offense better? Absolutely. But at the would. same time, I, I just don't know that offense is the issue. Like, like but, you can't put up but so many points per game. But this is the thing. At some point, it's a redundant. We all know, we all can say, it is, this league is becoming more, more redundant because of the zone scheme, the zone West Coast thing that's going on right now. At some point, you run into a brick road. Like, look at the game, like going back to the championship game with me and Randall's point now. To me, I don't think he had the ball in his hand to do anything with it. And when he did was throwing it to receivers, these they couldn't catch a damn ball. And it's like, we, if you already know, I got to shut down Devontae Adams and, hey, let me keep seven in the box because they're not doing nothing as far as articulating the ball. I think it's a done deal. I feel like, what can you ask this man to do at that point? So I feel like that's what always been happening with the Packers. They just like the Chiefs are almost in the same vein. They kill it during the regular season, pull up all these records and astronomical numbers. And then when they get into the playoffs, it's like, mm, we see you done it for 18 games now. We already know what the, what the rodeo is. So does think that's it not we- matter that he's had several different coaches, several different OCs? And other than that one year, he seems to play the same song every every postseason. So oh, no, we're no. just going to keep blaming the coaches and keep blaming the people not catching the ball. I mean, I watched that game and Aaron Rodgers, he didn't look like Aaron Rodgers. Like he 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 didn't so, play the way he would normally play. I mean, it's not like they changed the playbook say, for that one game. I'm going to look at who just won the Super Bowl. I'm going to say their receivers. Mm-hmm. Boyd, Higgins, Chase, mm-hmm. OBJ, Cooper Cup. And mm-hmm. if Robert Woods was healthy, Robert Woods. This is becoming a, these offenses, the ones that are most successful, is the ones that have a combination of both running pass 
and you got you have these stud receivers. If everybody know, I got one nigga, and don't forget his his Packers, his offensive line was finally coming back in the fold leading into the payoffs. I only got to worry about Devontae Adams. And we seen how these concepts are to these quarterbacks. Now they just playing like Vander alluded to in shows past where it's just a show coverage. They'll show cover two to be in cover three. And it's like it just it's so easy to focus on one player now that how can you not if you don't have somebody else to challenge somebody? I get you. I get you. It almost feels as if the same person that you use to get ahead or the same offense, if you will, that you use to get ahead, we use as the excuse for why he can't get over the top. And it's like, okay, it, what, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? It's like right. you've, you, you've played the same offense. You've had the same personnel all year, and you've been a world beater. But now all of a sudden, it, it's the personnel? Like I just, I don't know. It's, it's just weird. A few other news items to go over really quickly here. We have Baker Mayfield, who's ahead of schedule on his rehab. Ali, and I, and I apologize if I mispronounce his name, Ali Marpet, who was a starting offensive lineman for Tampa Bay. He is now retiring. So that is making that Tampa Big Bay loss. team yeah, huge loss, huge loss. This guy was one of the best offensive linemen that they had next to their um center ryan jensen he's probably the second best offensive lineman that they had dude was only 28 years old linemen normally played to like you know 34 right? so i'm sure they didn't think that they were going to have to replace this guy in the very near future um he's he was the second round pick out of the 2015 draft and he's been in the mix as a starting left guard for a little while now so that's going to be interesting now they have another hole to fill including um obviously the the big crater that tom brady left by leaving as well we have Michael Thomas, who reworked his contract. So New Orleans is attempting to do what they have to do to get to or under that cap for the offseason uh, prior to the new league season starting. And he restructured his contract on Saturday, which created 14 mil in cap space for the Saints. Mm-hmm. If we remember, the Saints were at about like 72-ish over the cap. So that's a nice little chunk, but not quite enough to really move the meter just yet. There's quite a bit more moves to be made here within the next few weeks prior to the um, league season starting, which again is March the 16th, if I'm not mistaken. Ian Thomas of the Carolina Panthers, he resigned to a three-year deal. Um, So it looks like they have their guy at tight end. So it'll be Thomas and Trimble, who was a rookie this year as their tight ends going forward. Tua Tungabaloa is focusing on a new offensive scheme with his new head coach and new offensive coordinator. More often than not, when quarterbacks start a new scheme, even the, the better ones, that next year isn't really anything to write home about as they kind of get comfortable with that new scheme. But it's going to be pretty interesting to see how this kind of which direction I would say this kind of goes in, because I believe this is going to be a prove it year for Tua. And I don't see them picking up that fifth year option if he shits the bed this year. Going to be interesting, to say the least. Um, a couple of other restructures. Aaron Jones of Green Bay, who was the, the Green Bay has the second highest amount of cap that they have to kind of get under. I think they were at 52, which is about 20 million less than where New Orleans was. Jones went ahead and restructured his contract with the, Pan- with the Packers on Thursday to create roughly three million. So not a whole lot, but, you know. It's that that's better than a sharp stick in the eye. Odell is recovering from the ACL surgery. So uh, that surgery has completed and now he is on the track to recovery. Hopefully he'll be able to do what he has done in the past and, you know, get back healthy and, you know, without there being that much of a change in his ability on the field. You got Jarvis Landry who's saying that he hopes to stay in Cleveland, which I haven't really heard too many people in my life ever say i think he's just trying to make it sound good for the cameras right now i believe in his heart of hearts he kind of knows that cleveland wants to go a different direction and he's just putting it out there so it doesn't seem like he did what several other people did um which was force his way out so that'll be interesting in and of itself i believe that's about it for the news unless you guys got anything that i neglected to go over Anything else that stands out to you before we hop into this free agency period with the wide receivers? Not so much neglected, but I like when Michael Thomas restructured. He made a tweet saying a fresh start isn't a new place. It's a mindset. 
Mm. So and and also too, a few days before that, he just said he back in that mode, back on that business. So yeah, I bet he know, is because the dude that he hated is gone. <laughs> I think it's a good time for fantasy to to get excited because we already know his work ethic and how he prepares for the NFL season. I think it's to me close to Antonio Brown in my personal opinion. I believe that pretty much covers the news. So let's go ahead and hop into your free agency wide receiver. So we're going to throw out four free agents, um, four free agents at a time. And then we'll just kind of discuss where we feel they might have a good fit. If we feel their best fit, maybe with the team that they're currently on, whether or not teams should go out of their way to go after these guys, things of that nature. First up, Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, Devontae Adams, and Will Fuller. As your first free agents, wide receivers that we're going to discuss, I don't necessarily, outside of Devontae Adams, I don't see any of the other three returning to their current team. Chris Godwin may. It's a 50-50 with him, in my opinion. But the other guys, I, I think they're already out the door. Uh, yeah, I think um, I can I can see that. I think Devontae Adams won't have a choice to stay. Yeah, I think he'll get franchised. Uh, yeah, I definitely think he'll get the franchise tag. As far as Godwin, being that he stayed and tried to run it back with his with the guys, I think he'll try to look for the best financial situation for him. Yep. So who knows where he'll land. Especially after getting hurt two years in a row. I mean, you got to go after the money right now. As far as Will Fuller, I think you just sit and wait and see where Deshaun goes. Um, that's, that's what I thought, too. <laughs> and Allen Robinson, I think the best choice for him. I think the Kansas City Chiefs would be a good landing spot for him. I think he Can they fits. afford him? Yeah, they should be able to afford him because I okay. think they was able to afford uh, Juju Smith-Schuster in the offseason. True, true. So I think he could get something around maybe $8 million, something of that nature, you know, because he did have, he come off an offseason. Um, we know the talent is there, but um, it's still kind of a proven type of situation. So maybe a two-year deal, maybe worth eight eight to ten million a year, something in that range. I, I think he'll fill in that spot and be what Sammy Watkins was supposed to be, be what mm. you know Robinson was supposed to be, be what those guys were supposed to be as far as a chain mover in that offense. I would love to see Allen Robinson go to the Buffalo Bills. I would absolutely love to see him on the other side of Diggs. With, well, with Josh Allen throwing them the ball. I'm not sure what that would be because then at that point you hurt the 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 the, the maturation of uh, Davis, right? Who's like yeah. he's coming on. So if he, he look like he's coming on, so why would you bring in a veteran wide receiver and, and drop him back down a level? I think you should go ahead and let Davis. More is always better than less. I mean, the same reason that the same reason we were talking about bringing in more offensive weapons to other teams mm-hmm. that already have an offense. Yeah, but you need yeah. opportunity, and I think Davis will have That's less true. opportunity with Allen Robinson. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs can he play offense. the slot would be the issue. If he can play the slot, I think it would be perfect for him. Who? Um, Davis. Why? Because he has that ability to get past people, and if it's if it's third string cornerbacks or linebackers that are going to be guarding you, the yards after the catch should be ridiculous. But I just don't know if he has that skill set, though. I mean, being that they already have Beasley. But do they though? Like, are, 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 I mean, if the, I mean, he may not. He's a free agent. Yeah, I believe. I don't know if he's coming back or not. But you have right. Beasley, what I'm saying. You have um, McKenzie Sanders that was there. These are all he's, slot he's, guys. He's leaving too. He's gone. Right, but I don't think I think he's more of an outside receiver. I don't think you want to put him in the slot. Is what I'm saying. I mean, I think McKenzie can play in the slot. I don't think you want to put him in the slot. So you're saying then that Juju might be a better fit for Buffalo than Allen Robinson and keep no. Davis on the outside. No, what I'm saying is I don't think Buffalo need to bring in no wide receivers. That's what I'm right. saying. Oh, okay. <laughs> they, okay. They, to, okay. They, they, they're better off trying to find them a e- running even back. If, even if they don't, even if they don't retain the services of Beasley, even if they cut Beasley. No, because I think Isaiah McKenzie showed in a, in a little oh, bit. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. I forgot about McKenzie. He, he, he did show up. He, yeah, you right. He showed that he can play. You know what I'm saying? If you give him an opportunity, you still got Knox too. So I mean, they, right. they do have Pascal. I, I guess they should focus on that running back position more so than anything. Correct. If you're going to ask somebody offensively, I think yeah. that should be the, maybe the, the another tight end. Just the backup knock. So when if and when he does get hurt, you don't go from having a, a pretty good tight end to not having much at that position at all. So, yeah, I can feel that. I see that. Yeah, I think Allen Robinson about to get a Galladay kind of bag. Like, I, I don't know. Who's going to pay him? What a, I, mean, well, he, I was about to say New Orleans, but they, they yeah. got cap situations. So they, I don't think they I can. I mean, you can look at Philadelphia. You can look at. Um, okay. I, okay. You can look what about at Miami? Miami, they uncommittal about Devontae Parker going forward. And I don't think Preston Williams the answer down there. Like, I think people forget. Maybe even the Chargers because Mike Williams is gone. 
That'd be a, a nice come out because yeah. considering what you're going to pay a Mike Williams, you can get Allen Robinson. I don't think eight million. You got to think to to me twelve to fourteen. I don't think he's diminished as most people think. He just really fell out with that organization. It was just like, oh, I'm a chill. Just like Harden, like Harden didn't have a. Everybody talk about his hamstring. It wasn't. A, he's like, I'm sitting. You gotta figure out what y'all want to do with me. And I think the same thing with Allen Robinson because his first three weeks he was killing it. And then oh, you know, it like came out down. that the, the coaches, <laughs> the coaches basically paid him that 18 mil on the franchise tag mm-hmm. to essentially sabotage him. That was one of the reasons right. they got fired. Uh, but something just crossed my mind. What about if Allen Robinson were to go to, um, oh, hell, it, it, it left. Oh, Las Vegas. Las Vegas needs the number one wide receiver. So if you have him as your number one and then you have Rimfo as your number two. And then a healthy Waller, and then I think Edwards could serve easily with that group as a number two wide receiver, or well, mm-hmm. the, the second outside wide receiver. And then you got running backs. I mean, th- that might be what they need to kind of get them over the hump. Honestly, they, they, their defense made a step up. They have an offensive line. Really, all they need. I mean, in in, in had Rugs not screwed up his life, mm-hmm. they would have had exactly what they needed. But Allen Robinson would definitely fill that Rugs role. And and kind of give them that take off the top type guy. Honestly, I God think a good look for the Raiders too, not to cut you off, Zay. Yeah, is is he outside or is he a slot guy? Is he does a, a little guy? bit of everything. Okay, I got gotcha. you. I think, think he's going to cost a little bit more than Robinson too. You could probably fill a couple of different holes if you go the Robinson route versus Godwin. Because if Godwin leaves Tampa Bay, it got to be for more money. Oh yeah, I think they like with his injury too. He's going to be hopefully ready by camp. I don't think he's going to miss much time. His pedigree, you know, it lends itself to his pedigree. He's been able to overcome a lot of injuries relatively quickly. True. This next group we got up, we have Jamison Crowder, T.Y. Hilton, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Emmanuel Sanders are all free agents up for grabs this offseason. Jamison Crowder was the number one wide receiver for the Jets the last three years running. As far as fantasy points and yardage is concerned, T.Y. Hilton, as we all know, has been a stalwart with Indiana, and it's believed that they're going to go ahead and part ways with him. 32 years old and often hurt, so he'll probably be looking for one of those, you know, Deshaun Jackson type of deals somewhere where he can just kind of, you know, be be the one-trick pony, and is he's fine with that. Um, I think out of this group, believe it or not, barring injuries, the most uh, impactful wide receiver could be Jamison Crowder. Um, he doesn't get the clout that he deserves based on the team that he's been on. So we really don't speak too much on him or many of his teammates, to be honest with you. But this guy, no matter how bad the QB, has been able to put up fantasy points consistently when he wasn't hurt. So injury is the main thing with him. T.Y., you know, he's the take-the-top-off type guy. Like I said, um, I can see a team possibly trying to do with him the same thing that Vegas tried to do with Deshaun Jackson. Juju, he's a slot guy. I can see possibly a Baltimore-type situation kind of being his best bet. They kind of need a sure-handed receiver that isn't necessarily um, a down-the-field guy that can kind of just move the – Move the sticks when necessary. Send got Bateman. You know what? I forgot about Bateman. You're right. You 100 percent right. I like Bateman. That's my nigga. You 100 percent right. Um. So yeah, I don't know. Juju. It's gonna be interesting, but Juju will fill in the spot for a a slot wide receiver needy team going forward. Um. What do you think the chances of Emmanuel Sanders actually landing anywhere is? I mean, he's 34. Um. So he's 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 up there in age and. He just really he, – he's kind of lost a step. Uh, his his deal was always speed, and now that that's kind of dissipated slightly, I, I I don't know that other than someone getting hurt on the team, I don't I don't know if he'll have the if, – if anyone will kind of go out there and grab him unless he's just willing to take quite a bit less money. That'll be kind of intriguing to follow over the offseason. Him and um, A.J. Green as well. He's another free agent wide receiver that I think will kind of be in that same boat. Do you really have it left in the tank, and do you really want to still go out and perform the way you used to? Juju Smith-Schuster, you should try to land with a team that already has a collection of wide receivers. 
because it's already shown that he can't be the man. Yeah. Um, I would say he, he missed the boat when he had the opportunity to play with the Chiefs. Yeah, I agree. Deal. He didn't take it. Um, so I would say someone maybe like Dallas Cowboys, being that okay. Mark Cooper would probably get moved. I say Dallas Cowboys would probably be a decent landing spot for him. What about Chicago? No. No. He'd be Allen Robinson 2.0 in Chicago. Because, I mean, it, it looks good on paper, but I don't, I don't think he'll be. He need to be around some other guys. He can't be somewhere where he's the guy. If he's in Chicago, he's, if they lose Godwin, it, and it, again, it depends on who the quarterback is. The only team he can go to, and he's not, and he's mm, kind of like the guy, but in mm-hmm. a collection of guys, would be like New England. You know, I think he could fit in that kind of in that room. But other than that, I think he'd be in a, in a section around other good receivers. Okay. I don't. I don't think he can, you know, be the main man like go to Houston Texans or somewhere like that where it's just him. What if he went to Indy? You got Pittman as your 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 number one guy, and they don't really have like they're sick. Pascal about to touch yeah, too. Pa- pa- Pascal is a free agent, so I mean they really don't have a second receiver, and Pascal wasn't anything to write home about, so they kind of need receivers. Yeah, I don't think it'd be his best choice. I think the Cowboys yeah. is is probably one of the better teams on the low because they put, they're gonna be if they lose a Mark Cooper and DV out and, and lose that twenty million off the books, they're gonna be looking for some type of replacement. And he's probably someone that fits the bill. How you feel about line. Cleveland or Washington? Washington has a true number one receiver, and they need a true number two. I think Washington would be a good choice as well. I could see yeah, him you being some good teams. Yeah, um, Jamison Crowder. Kind of the same situation. I think also the Kansas City Chiefs would be a good team for him. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I agree. You no, know, be yeah. that kind of that chain move around a bunch of other good guys and make you look good. If you're T.Y. Yeah. Hilton, you should call Dwayne Johnson. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Take a year um, off and I'll yeah, wait for yeah. the XFL to boot yeah, up. Yeah, that's it. That's all left for him. Emmanuel Sanders, I would like to see him attached to an older uh, winning, a team that's on the, that's trying to get the ring. So Emmanuel Sanders with what like Aaron Rodgers. No, we don't need him. We, we already had him. But true, true. For what we're doing right now, I don't think we can use him. I think he'd be good with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, yeah. That's what I thought too. Yeah, he he would be their true number two wide receiver, which is kind of sad to a he, certain extent. He, but... he, he may be what Randall Cobb was supposed to be, if that makes sense. Oh, so let me ask you this, though. What about the other name that I mentioned, A.J. Green? What if he hooked up? with Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay? It'll be okay. I don't think A.J. Green has really that much left in the, in the tank. tank. You know, he he's no different than the Jameson Crowder. I would oh. get A.J. Green and put him at tight end. and he, You just ain't got to block. Why? So he can get hurt? No, because, because he's going to be up against linebackers. He got the size of a tight end right now. Like 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 a pass-catching tight end. Not, not out there to block. But basically, are we using you heavy in the red zone without Ooh. having to Without having to have you take up a wide receiver spot, I guess you're gonna get that boy killed is what you're gonna do. Yeah, you only gonna have him for a year anyway. He's 33. Fuck it. Uh, (laughs) Just just saying. I like Juju out of that list the most. I kind of, I honestly thought, like, like we all all know, he should have won Tyler the Ravens or the Chiefs last year. And this year, he kind of took fourth seat to James Washington, Claypool, and Deontay. But him going to like the Packers. Would be fire. I think that'd be like he needs to go like to like a fit where like he's just the possession guy, like you said, around a group of people. So you I know think- why I wouldn't do that because I don't know. Well, no, okay, let me preface this. I would do it if you sign Devonte Adams to a long term deal, but if I don't know if Devonte is going to be back out after this year or Aaron Rodgers, it seems like you're just putting yourself in a situation to be like Vander said a little bit ago on one of those teams that's going to really regress back to the pack if they lose a couple of the most important parts. So that, that'll be interesting for sure. But he, I mean, he should have, he should have several people kind of coming after him. It's, it's just the cap situation is kind of, kind of wonky this year. So I, I don't, he, he'll probably be in the same situation that he was last year when he didn't take the long-term deal because he wanted to wait for the cap to kind of, you know, increase a little bit, but I don't think the cap is really going to get to whereas he can get his deal that he's looking for until not this year, but next year, 2023. So he may take another one-year deal somewhere. Who knows? Yeah, I thought like he was like deal and no deal, though, where he, he turned right. down that money. Right. <laughs> right. You might be stuck at $8 million yeah, you but- <laughs> <laughs> Our next group up, we have Keelan Cole, Sammy Watkins, Mike Williams, and Zach Pascal. Best of this group, in my humble opinion, is going to be Mike Williams. I think he's the only 
the only guy that has the true number one wide receiver uh, potential or skill set, if you will. With that being said, though, Keelan Cole, again, another one of those guys that we look at in kind of an underrated perspective. And I think it's because of the team he's coming from. But this guy makes circus catches like it's second nature to him. And he's, again, coming from the Jets. Prior to the Jets, he was with the Jaguars. So poor quarterback play um, in both of his stints um, in the NFL thus far. I honestly believe that Keelan Cole is much more talented than what his current stats would suggest. And it's not due to lack of talent. It's due to the situation that he's been in. Sammy Watkins, I, I don't know. If he can stay healthy, he may be able to provide a little something to a team. Zach Pascal, he's he's decent, he, but he's 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 just a guy. I think Mike Williams, when healthy, can be an actual difference maker, though. Unfortunately, he just doesn't seem to stay healthy. So Mike Williams is going to be one of those guys that, unfortunately, the Patriots or someone of that oak is going to go after because we always seem to go after guys that are willing to take a discount because they get hurt all the time. And then we just assume that once they're within the fold, then we'll just figure out why they got hurt where they came from and we'll be able to fix it. But it very seldomly tends to work out. It, it worked out this year with Hunter Henry. I think Mike Williams, I hope Mike Williams end up, ends up being someone else's problem and he doesn't end up being a Patriot unless we take him for like two years and we can get out of the second year. Outside of that, these other guys, I really don't have a team per se that I would say would make the best fit. I do see them being integral parts, at least Keelan Cole and Mike Williams being integral parts of an offense for the next couple of years. Sammy Watkins called Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> no, guy, I wouldn't even call Dwayne Johnson. Call uh, USFL. Like, this, <laughs> this, he's been he's been robbing. He, this boy had a ski mask on. Kind of remind me <laughs> of Sam, years. like Sam Bradford. You know what I mean? Just been robbing oh, the man, league. Yeah. You know, just robbed the league. Mike Williams, you need to call LeBron James, man. Figure out how to take care of your body. Because, I mean, this has been his downfall. It ain't work out for um, AD. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, no, but he, he he definitely, you know, he ain't talking to LeBron. He may be close to LeBron, but he ain't talking to him. You need to get his nutritionist. You need to get his massage therapist. You need to get his, you know, his chef. You need to get the whole nine. Because he's pretty much hurt himself, I think, in his league. We've seen what Mike Williams could be when healthy. Um, but we also see what happens when he's not. He's just seemed like another guy. I think the best spot for him to, to be is the spot he's in. I think the Chargers is the best team for him. Being in that same, in that offense that he's in is ideal for him, but he has to stay healthy. Keelan Cole, man, just chase the biggest bag you can find. I mean, because nobody really checking for you. So whoever can offer you the most money, I don't care if it's the Raiders, the Seahawks, the Giants. Just, just get the money. And for Pascal, same thing. Whoever want to pay you, man, just go there. Because these guys are not difference makers. Uh, to me, when it comes to fantasy or anything like that, they're going to have games where they they caught a bomb. Okay, they got three catches for 112 and a touchdown, but then they're going to disappear for the next six, seven weeks. They're not really going to make any uh, difference on your fantasy teams or thing like that. So when it comes to the NFL, per se, just chase the biggest bag you can find and try to set up your future for your family. These next couple groups here, you can just pick out if there's anyone that you have a bead on, if you will, but we're just kind of letting the people know who's going to be out there. Most of these guys won't be difference makers. There are a couple of guys still on the list, though, that will be or can be. Um, and actually, one of the guys that you guys just mentioned a little bit ago, I didn't realize Isaiah McKenzie is actually an unrestricted free agent. So if the Bills don't re-sign him, you know, they're going to have to sign somebody because they are losing a couple of a couple of guys that were the either the next man up or were a part of that four or five wide receiver starting set. This next group of people, we have Albert Wilson, Matthew Slater, Zay Jones, and Rashard Higgins. Again, that's Albert Wilson, formerly of Miami. Matthew Slater, who's more of a special teams guy, but he's labeled as a wide receiver from New England. You have Zay Jones with Las Vegas and Rashard Higgins with Cleveland. The only one out of this group that even see with the talent to be a difference maker, just depending on the team he goes to be much better. Number two or number three wide receiver is going to be Rashard Higgins. Um, I give every receiver that Cleveland has that shows even a little bit of talent. I, I give them the benefit of the doubt that the reason why you don't look as good as you could is because of your QB. 
That's just kind of how I look at him. So he's he's the one guy that I don't feel that we know exactly how good he could be just because he hasn't had the opportunity to maximize it. So of that group, that's the only guy that I really have any words to speak on, if you will. Zay Jones is decent. He's been a couple of places, but just a guy. I'm going to make this quick. Albert Wilson called Dwayne Johnson. Higgins and Zay Jones, just chase the biggest bag you can find. If somebody's willing to pay you for your services, just go there. Um, because they, they're not going to move the needle, period. When it comes to NFL football and fantasy football, these guys would not be drafted on your fantasy team. They would be swimming on the free agency. And when it comes to the NFL, the real game itself, they're not moving the needle. As far as Slater, I think he's the most valuable person on this list. Um, if you want to go chase more championships, then do that. Um He's a he's a he's a Hall of Famer in my opinion. Oh, special teams. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. So all special teams, absolutely. Right. All special teams alone, like, and it's kind of unheard of um, that you will see a guy like that who can make the Hall of Fame just off the impact that he makes on special teams. And uh, any any of these organizations can use a good a good special teams guy because he's one of the best of the best. So he's a locker room guy too, for sure. So wherever you feel comfortable, wherever city you want to live in. Or what team you feel maybe give you an opportunity. You maybe want to chase a ring. Maybe you go to L.A., play for the Rams. Or, you know, any team that you feel is in position to win, I think he should go there. But he's definitely the most valuable party on this team. He'll go get his uh, his league, his uh, veteran minimum easy anywhere just, just to be a gunner on someone's team. Looking at the the best of what's left, in the wide receiver free agency, we have Odell Beckham Jr., Christian Kirk, DJ Shark. You also have Quan Treadwell kind of showed up a little bit. He's a name that we kind of know. But you have a couple of names that we're used to hearing. Um, obviously, OBJ won't be ready to play for a little bit of time. That type of an injury, what, it normally takes about a year to recover from? I want to yep, somewhere he was in the running day. in four months last time we heard it. How when was he actually able to play? He played. I think he started the. I think this year he started week one, if I'm not mistaken, or week two. He only missed a couple games. But he got hurt much earlier in the year, the year previous. So that'll be kind of interesting. The timeline on that. Um, he's a year older. He's got a significant other and a newborn baby at home. Um, a lot of his time that he was spending you know, on the field recovering, it may be holding that little baby in his arms now. So it, the timing is everything, but I believe he will come back. It's just going to be timing on this one. It, he, he might not be somebody that you can use for, for fantasy for the first, you know, month, month and a half of the season. And then he has to, you know, get his chops back underneath him. And hopefully he's still with the Rams. So he doesn't have to learn a new offense, but if he's not with the Rams, then, you know, you have that whole side of it as well. But it's going to be interesting because the Rams have Robert Woods who will be coming back from injury. And then they also have Van Jefferson. So it, it may be one of those things where they, they kind of feel like, OK, we got the ring. Let's go ahead and clear up a little bit of money versus signing a guy that isn't going to actually be able to produce for us for the first half of the season next year. They, they kind of cashed in all their chips so they can do what they want to right now because this was a team made to win a Super Bowl, and then everybody pretty much knew it was going to kind of come down to earth after that. So that'll be interesting in and of itself. I think Odell's in the perfect position to stay where he is, a team that could probably stay afloat until he comes back into the fold. Robert Woods will be back in, uh, in position as well. So I definitely think he should stay in L.A. I think he's more comfortable in L.A. He has a home there. I think he just like being in L.A. So I just think that's the best. Another guy we could add to the list that we didn't, um, talk about maybe like a Gallup. He's also a free agent, right? Yeah. Michael Gallup. Mm-hmm. So we didn't talk about him. Let's add him into the list also. And I think Michael Gallup is going to be one of those guys who probably go try to get a bag somewhere as well. As far as Christian Kirk, I think he's maybe a product of a system, if that makes sense. I think he was drafted to be in the right place. So if it's up to him, I think he can't be too good. Because he's been leapfrog, seem like he's yeah. been there. He's been he's been in that offense, and then guys are coming and they leapfrogging him. So that shows me that there's something missing there. I don't think he can go to any other team in NFL and be productive. I think he's where he need to be. If he can't be successful in, in Arizona, I don't see him being successful anywhere else. As far as you know, the league is concerned. Chark, man, just try to grab the biggest bag you can find. 
because these guys aren't really moving the needle. I honestly believe DJ Chart can be one of those guys that moves the meter, but he's just been in a horrible situation. Like, again, the Jaguars have not had a QB to speak of, and then you can't really blame Trevor Lawrence for his, you know, first year in, you know, Mm -hmm. get rookie things. And the team around him wasn't all that great, or otherwise they wouldn't have been able to get him. So I, I think that DJ Chart, is one of those guys that, you know, kind of like in the same vein as your Keelan Coles of the world, we don't, it's, it's a don't know type situation. I'd rather get him than someone that we know can't move the meter for sure. But I do see why your opinion would be that based on his past production, that he might not be one to be able to do so. I mean, like maybe like a Green Bay, you know, maybe like a. Yeah. I was maybe. thinking New England actually for him. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he should be with another big time receiver. You know, son, you know, be that second guy with a really good quarterback, veteran quarterback, a fit him. Like I said, in Green Bay would be a good, a good, a good spot for him, a good landing spot in my, you know, my opinion. We have to be somewhere like that because he goes somewhere else with another young quarterback. I mean, it's going to be the same old same. He can't go to Miami and be successful. You know what I mean? I think he has to go somewhere. I don't see him going to Philadelphia and being successful. I think he had to go somewhere where they have to. Be a bad yeah, I think he need to be with a really good quarterback that you can really get to see his skill set come to to the light. Because he's young. Yeah. He's not too old or anything. He's young. He's 25. I don't even think he's 25. Yeah, he, he shows some potential. I don't think he's 25. I think he's younger than that. He's 20. Yeah, he's 25. Okay, he's 25. So, young guy. But he, he's, he you see the potential in him. But I think he need to be the second guy that's going to get the one-on-ones and you don't really see coming. He's the third guy. And then he'll get that that sneaky you know, that sneaky thousand yards and maybe like mm-hmm. eight, eight touchdowns. You know what I'm saying? Like real sneaky. So uh, he could definitely be that though. Yeah, I agree with Chark. I mean, uh, uh Chark, uh, Kirk. He's too inconsistent. Um, so I don't know where he's gonna end up. OBJ, I think he's definitely coming back to the Rams, and I can't wait to get him in the twelfth round, tenth toe round. But Chark, I love Chark. I think Chark is slept on. Crazy one because, like I said, the Jacksonville and two injuries, especially the last two years specifically, has really tanked his upside. It's almost looking at Allen Robinson when Allen Robinson was healthy with the Jaguars, he just lit it up and we just knew who he was. Same thing with Chark, is just like he gets this, he's like Deontay Johnson, but taller, where he gets the separation, he can beat man, he can beat any coverage. Uh, but like you said, he didn't have the quarterback one. And then two, you know, problematic is injury. If he can get a clean slate, a clean bill of health, you know, God willing, like you said, chase the bag, as we've been saying on the show. I love him. And actually, that's fuck tells of the dynasty. That's gonna be my tell of the day us getting him <laughs> off of somebody who think he's like fell off. I think he's a remarkable talent. He would benefit from being with the one, much like Cooper Cup Odell kind of thing, where he can still get twelve hundred yards. And you know, six or seven touchdowns because he got somebody on the other side. But he is like a Deontay where he can beat all coverages, all phases of the field. He can stretch the field. He's six three and he runs and he blows past people with ease. It's not even he like he blown a sweat to get past most of the like he's a burner. So I love him wherever he go. I'm gonna I'm gonna get him to today, definitely. <laughs> Let the games begin. All right. So this last group of wide receivers. We have Danny Amendola, we have Josh Reynolds, Ray Ray McLeod, and we have James Washington. So we have actually two Pittsburgh receivers uh, with James Washington and Ray Ray McLeod. And then we have D.D. Westbrook as well on there. D.D. Westbrook as well. And another throw in Kansas City's Demarcus Robinson, who we spoke about a little bit earlier. I honestly think James Washington may be able to. I mean, he's only 25 years old, same age as Ray Ray McLeod. James Washington, he he's the I don't the, the jack of all trades type of a guy. He he's the type of a wide receiver I would want on my team if I was a quarterback. He's not going to be your, you know, A1 guy, but he's a guy that he's going to be where he's supposed to be when he's supposed to be there and just dependable. I mean, this is one of those type guys that I can see flourishing with a Green Bay if Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams go back and they trying to fill in that um, wide receiver position on the cheap. Just somebody that's going to do his job is what it boils down to. Most of these other guys 
it's really going to depend on where they end up, whether or not they're even going to be worth having a conversation over as far as fantasy is concerned. But I guess Josh Reynolds, he looked decent in Detroit. Um, Obviously, he had the rapport. Um, He followed golf from the Rams to Detroit. So that there was that little bit of rapport there. But then um, St. Brown pretty much took his cookie and ran off with it. I guess Reynolds could possibly be a, you know, a, a third guy with two decent guys in front of him. He, he would basically be what Van Jefferson is to the Rams right now, just on another team. Basically the same job that he had with the Rams for a cheaper version of himself came along on a rookie contract. That's kind of all I got for the, those tail end guys there. McLeod called Dwayne Johnson. James Washington called Dwayne Johnson. Westbrook called Dwayne Johnson. Reynolds called Dwayne Johnson. Demarcus Robinson called Dwayne Johnson. The whole group, huh? <laughs> and there are actually two other guys that I, I scanned right over, three other guys that I scanned right over. We also have Marquez Valdez-Scantling of Green Bay, Russell Gage of Atlanta, and Braxton Berrios of New Jersey. So there's actually another group there. MVS, Russell Gage, Braxton Berrios are also guys that will be available for your teams to pick up as they will be unrestricted free agents. I think Russell Gage is pretty decent. MVS, he's a he's a one-trick pony, but he he's he's decent. Equinemia um, St. Brown is also a free agent of Green Bay. So they all of their young guys that they kind of picked up on rookie contracts, all, all of them are pretty much gone. So just chase the money, man. If somebody willing to pay you for your services, take it. I agree. I mean, that's all I can say for those guys at that at that level. Yeah, I, I like Russell Gage, but he he's like a third receiver. He's a he's definitely gonna be in the slot. But he just got off of the fact that nobody was there. Nobody on the team. <laughs> and that's another person I need to reach out on is uh Gage? No. Uh Amari Rogers for the Packers. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh I for, you know that. what? I forgot he was there. <laughs> I forgot he, he was. He, he, the stock is up. <laughs> he might. He might be a free agent right now. Honestly, he's a rookie. Amari Rogers. Right. I'm, but no, 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 no. I, I'm saying fantasy wise. Oh yeah. No, no. Uh, God Marley got him. So I'm, okay. I gotta, okay. Gotta okay. at him. But going to James Washington, I think James Washington. He might have played himself into some some eight million. That he might get some juju money this year. He, I like how he plays. He just had lapses in concentration catching a ball, so it's not like you can't. Like, I don't know. I think he's going. He might get him a little, a little six to eight million for a team that he might be expected to be the third or fourth wide receiver. So I like where he might go. Um, and then, like you said, it's really nothing there. You know, as far as this last little dumpster dove. Well, that means that it is now time for tales from a dynasty. Tales from a dynasty. Vander, the floor is yours. The topic of discussion involved you and your dealings this week. So, so go ahead and highlight the people. I know we spoke of Michael Thomas, and I was able to acquire Michael Thomas for free 99. <laughs> uh, and the way I was able to do that, you know, it got to a point where you had illegal rosters. Any guys that you have sitting in, in your IRA spot and you was over, a man of whatever on your roster spot you had to you know release a guy and get your numbers level and if uh they wasn't level whoever was in your IR spot would be the person that's released to to bring you back to even so we got a guy in our league that he's not as active not as active in the chat to really know what's going on per se you know the commissioner was you know putting out the uh the memo for over a couple weeks that this would be going down and he missed it. So I waited and waited and waited. And I know that they will come where this guy will be released to free agency. And I was the first guy that jumped on him as soon as he released. I was able to get Michael Thomas, New Orleans Saints for free. Let's not, let's not discourage that. Cause oh, it I was, was there. It was extreme. I was there. And <laughs> I'm like, why quick. are you not available? Oh, That's no. It, it, was, it was within about. 
I, I, Three I seconds, man. I, I, I was about to say 30 Ugh. seconds, man. Not even, even pushing it. No. It wasn't even that long. No, less than six. I was there and I was so upset. It pays to be Johnny on the spot, though. Uh, it, yeah. it, it, let that be a lesson to you in your dynasty leagues. There are going to be people that aren't really paying attention that are leaving fruit on the vine as it pertains to free agency, especially as it pertains to just after the draft, because those guys that don't have the the picks, they aren't going to be paying attention to the draft or to free agency. And they're going to be gems because you got guys right now, you can go identify them right now in your dynasty that have five picks and are already at the limit as far as the roster is concerned. That means either they got to make a few trades in between now and then, or they got to drop five people. And the people that they drop may actually be better than the rookies that they obtain. But we all want that shiny new toy versus hanging on to the old vet. So, right. or the opposite may be the case. They may be the, you know, I'd rather the bird in the hand than the two in the bush. And they want to hang on to their vets and they're willing to, to trade valuable picks at a, um, at a lower price than they should be positioned at. So you got to make sure you're paying attention. That's the whole purpose of being in the dynasty league. If you're only going to pay attention come, you know, July, August, September, then just stick to, you know, keeper leagues or stick to redraft leagues, but don't make your dynasty less active than it could be because you really just playing redraft under a dynasty heading. It's kind of the way I look at it. But for those guys that do that, take advantage of them. They aren't going to know about all these free agents that are about to leave teams. So they're rookies that are going to now be taking over, you know, high level spots that you can get for almost nothing, and you can get rid of some of those old heads that you know aren't going to really do much on your team going forward, you'd rather take the guy that's 22, 23, 24 than hanging on to your 35-year-old Emmanuel Sanders, you know, 33-year-old T.Y. Hilton, you know, take a chance on that uh, Amari um, with Green Bay because we don't know what's going to happen. Um, j- just those those types of, of moves are the moves that can kind of put you in position to run your dynasty going forward. Again, if you guys are looking for us, our most active and honestly, the the group that is most likely to get information first is going to be the Facebook group. The Facebook group, again, is the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group on IG, uh, just Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast. Um, you can find us on just about anywhere. We're also on Twitter at Fantasy underscore Fiend. And we out.